Allow me to confess something for all of us. My, well, at least for me, my original title for this episode, episode 70, hour two, was God help us not hate them. I wrote a Substack piece saying, God help me not hate these people. The new title is maybe a better one. And that is that Bill Gates better come clean. Because I heard something from Melinda Gates. I also met Jeffrey Epstein exactly one time. Did you? Yes, because I wanted to see who this man was. And um, I regretted it from the second I stepped in the door. Second she stepped in the door, she regretted it. It got me to thinking about a brotherhood between Bill Gates and Jeffrey Epstein. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. And just to make things easier for Bill Gates' lawyers, I'll say out front, same thing I said during the five-minute focus, I have no evidence that Bill Gates raped young women or paid to have sex with young women or involved himself in child sex trafficking. I don't have any proof like that. That's not the brotherhood I foresee or I sense between Bill Gates And Jeff Epstein. What I see in Gates and Epstein is a different sort of connection. One might think of it as an intellectual connection. Because last week it occurred to me as we were availed of the knowledge. Well, this is really just verification of this. That the Pfizer injections in an in vitro experiment. This is where they took human cells and they put them into a test dish and Petri dish, however they do that. And then they added to that the uh, mRNA in- injection materials from, uh, from Pfizer. And they observed. And they retested the DNA of the human cells. And they said, oh, look there. Right there in the human DNA, reverse transcribed, is the code from the Pfizer injection. And last week, we shared with you. Just some reminders that the Bear executive knew this was gene sec or the Bear CEO knew that this stuff is gene sequencing. He knew it. Pfizer's CEO described it as a gene sequencing device. We played the audio last week. Last week we played the audio that Mark Zuckerberg understood. That this stuff, well, and he questioned, he said he was cautioning people. Zuckerberg didn't even know he was being uh, recorded. Zuckerberg came out and said, the problem with this stuff is we don't know what happens when you change human DNA. And then later on, when he was talking to, uh, when he was talking to Fauci, he changed his tune. Oh, this, this doesn't modify the DNA, does it? And Fauci did his neat little acting job there because it sure seemed like an acting job to me. Well, now we have this. We have the fact that Bill Gates went through a divorce. And in that divorce was, of course, his partner, his former wife. And that was Melinda Gates. So Melinda Gates sat down. And talked with Gail King. 
And Gail King is doing her very, very best, uh, kind of Barbara Walters acting shock. She, she knows the question she's allowed to ask. They've had a briefing in advance. You, you don't get to interview someone like Melinda Gates without a briefing in advance. And these are the things that are hands off. And these are the things that are hands on. It's not really a rehearsal as much as it is a pre-discussion. So Gail King asked about Jeffrey Epstein and, and to, to the credit of Melinda Gates, and we'll get into her full statement later. She said this. I also met Jeffrey Epstein exactly one time. Did you? Yes, because I wanted to see who this man was. And um, I regretted it from the second I stepped in the door. He was. When I hear this and I hear the way she responds, that the second she met the man, she regretted walking in the door. It means to me that Jeff Epstein didn't have any interest in hiding what Jeff Epstein was. And yet it's been reported and Gates has in fact said he regrets the continuing relationship, as it were, to paraphrase Gates, that he had with Epstein. Well, he wasn't the only one. In fact, even after it was found out that Jeff Epstein was a sex trafficker, or at least found out that he was a rapist, it still happened that scientists continued to take money from Jeff Epstein, even after that came out. In fact, BuzzFeed not a conservative site, not a not a not a uh, you know pro orange man site. Jeff Epstein's links to scientists are even more extensive than we thought. Scientists took Epstein's money or associated with the financier. Why do they continue to just say he was a financier or associated with the sex trafficker after he was jailed for soliciting an underage girl for prostitution? Some say they're sorry, others won't comment. See, Epstein what was he just a philanthropist just seeking to just cure the world of disease? And then Jeff Epstein was, was that his goal? No, Jeff Epstein's goal was far closer to Bill Gates's goal. In fact, it's frighteningly enough a fact that Jeff Epstein's desire for human beings has in fact, if, if this, this experiment where they used human cells, if that's replicated in the body, If, in fact, people who have been injected with this stuff did, in fact, get the mRNA written into their system, if that happened, then he's gotten very, very close to his ultimate goal. Because Jeff Epstein had in mind a goal that put him at the center because, of course, in the life of a child sex trafficker or a sex trafficker of young women, at least, He is at the center. He deserves to be serviced. But he had a scientific obsession, a fascination with something that would require the sort of gene therapies about which the Bear CEO spoke. Ultimately, the the mRNA vaccines uh, are an example for that uh, cell and gene therapy. I always like to say, if we had surveyed two years ago uh, in the public, would you be willing to take... uh, uh, gene, th- gene or cell therapy and inject it into your body, we would have probably had a 95% refusal rate. I think uh, this pandemic has also opened many people's eyes to, to innovation in the way that uh, was maybe not possible before. Jeff Epstein was a transhumanist. 
Jeff Epstein foresaw the day and foresaw, the, in fact, the need to modify God's premier creation, human beings, using computer code, using code like mRNA, like DNA. There's someone else who's deeply to this day invested in modifying your body with computer code. In fact, there's a whole bunch of them who are deeply interested in modifying our bodies with computer code. One of them, in fact, apparently has, well, he has a patent on working with mosquitoes to spread computer code. That's mRNAs coded with computers. It's a biological outcome of computer coding. It's just a carriage system. It's a carriage system for code builds people rights. He has a patent on using, using mosquitoes to distribute this stuff against human beings' will. He apparently also has a design, and I think this comes out of Harvard, the same place that his this technology to block the sun comes from, to spread so-called vaccines like a virus. To spread code, Bill Gates has people right like a virus. So Jeff Epstein's fascination with transhumanism had himself at the center of it because he wanted, well, and this is disgusting and it's factual. He wanted to spread his own DNA far and wide. He wanted to seed humanity with his sperm. This, this was the desire of Jeff Epstein. He wanted to use his ranch in New Mexico to impregnate a whole bunch of young women with his sperm. There is a spirit. I firmly believe that there is a demon that pops back from time to time on earth. And it's this demon of eugenics or it it manifests as eugenics. Jeff Epstein was such a sick, sick man that his notion of of, of improving humanity was to start everybody at his seed. Not everybody, but as many people as he could. Now, you could accomplish some of that with all his money and all his disregard for human life and his willingness to ship young girls around to, to, to be the pleasure toys of rich men. There's a lot of ways he could do that. But if he really wanted to spread his DNA around, well, he could do that through injections. Now, I'm not saying that if you've been injected with the mRNA that you have part of Jeff Epstein in you. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that there's a brotherhood. The brotherhood of transhumanism. The brotherhood that Jeff Epstein was willing to spend his money. And you know what? I'm not completely convinced that we have a full accounting of how Jeff Epstein got his money, to be honest with you. I've read accounts that he wasn't even that great of a financial manager. There might be other ways that he got his money. I don't think we're ever going to really know because the books are locked up. He's too mobbed up. There's too many important people for us to ever really find out. But we do know that Bill Gates views the mRNA injections as a platform. We do know that Bill Gates uses the language of describing human beings as things within the Internet of Things. We do know that Bill Gates called this the decade of vaccines. We do know that he went to Tony Fauci. We do know that when they went to Fauci, 
They made this agreement to make it the decade of vaccines. We do know that Fauci wanted to blow the old system up. We do know that Fauci suppressed any and all successful non-controversial therapeutics. We do know that Fauci pushed Rendemzivir. We do know that Fauci orchestrated the biggest hoax response in the history of any virus in the world. And that is not debatable. I mean, you can come on and try to debate it with me, but you already lost because the evidence is too thick and too clear. Here's what we don't know. And what Bill needs to answer. Did he and Jeff Epstein partner on any transhumanist tech that's at play in anything he wants to forcibly put into our bodies? Because Bill Gates wants to forcibly inject code into us. That is his expressed goal. Be it through mosquito, be it through virus, that man wants to turn you into a transhuman against your will. And you could say, oh, it's just a little bit of code. Yes, it is. And it's just a little bit of dehumanizing. I don't want any computer code in my body. I don't want any of Bill Gates's code in my body. You shouldn't either because we're seeing the results of the code. We're seeing As we shared last week from Dr. Peter McCullough, kids, little kids, babies, youngsters developing heart disease. We don't, this doesn't happen. We're still seeing record numbers of deaths from all causes. We're still watching this happen. Now, Melinda Gates, I've never met her. I assume she's smart. Everybody who works at Microsoft or did is is smart. I don't know how wise she is. I, I I don't know how discerning she is. I will make the assumption because I think it's a I think it's a decent assumption that she cares for her children. I'll make another assumption. She's locked up in legal circles as to what she can really say about Gates and Epstein. I'm going to make another assumption, and I base it upon this longer clip of Melinda Gates speaking with Gail King. When I'm listening to Melinda Gates speak here, I feel like she is tossing out breadcrumbs for the rest of the world to follow. Now, it's very, very, very unlikely that so-called investigative journalists are going to dig into this because Bill Gates has invested, what, $50 billion in owning the coverage over healthcare in this country, owning the coverage over COVID. And I'll reference it again. The Columbia Journalism Review looked into all the ways Gates has invested in news coverage, all the ways he has financial tentacles into newsrooms. It's called Bill's Gates Keepers. Columbia Journalism Review is not anything like right wing. You listen with me, please. You know what? I'm starting to become an order giver. Will you please listen with me? And I apologize for being presumptive. Will you please join me in listening here to Melinda Gates and tell me, do you hear the same thing I do in the voice of this lady? You know, it was also widely reported that Bill had a a friendship or business or some kind of contact with Jeffrey Epstein and that you were not, uh, that that was very upsetting to you. Did that play a role in in the divorce at all in this process? Yeah, as I said, it's not one thing. It was many things. But I did not like uh, that he'd had meetings with Jeffrey Epstein, no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you made that clear to him? I made that clear to him. I also met Jeffrey Epstein exactly one time. Did you? Yes, because I wanted to see who this man was. And um, I regretted it from the second I stepped in the door. He was abhorrent. He was 
evil personified. I had nightmares about it afterwards. So, you know, my heart breaks for these young women because that's how I felt. And here I'm an older woman. My God, I feel terrible for those young women. It's awful. You felt that the moment you walked in. I didn't he realize was awful. that. Yeah. And you shared that with Bill and he still continued to spend time with him? Any of the questions remaining about what Bill's relationship there was, those are for Bill to answer. Okay. But I made it very clear how I felt about him. Those are for Bill to answer. Now, if your husband was continuing to do business with someone you considered to be evil personified, and goodness knows how that came about, There's been some press coverage of some of the so-called artwork that Jeff Epstein had in his house, like the infamous picture of Bill Clinton dressed up in what looks to be very much looks to be Monica Lewinsky's dress, that infamous dress. There was apparently, and again, these are press reports that, that he had just video upon video upon video upon video of porn. And some of the accounts of some of the young women who were apparently victimized by Jeff Epstein are that he would have on beck and call a young woman to come or two or three to service him. So goodness knows who was there that night that Melinda Gates walked in and made a very astute observation that Jeff Epstein was evil personified. But that doesn't close the deal. It's still this question for Bill Gates. You're a transhumanist. You're you're not going to say that because it's a scary phrase and it should be scary. But Bill, you're a transhumanist, which makes you a eugenicist of sorts. Your father was a eugenicist. He was an abortionist. Not a a so-called doctor, but a lawyer for Planned Parenthood. And you want us modified. Not in in God's image, but in your image. The image you want us to be, the the perfected image. Because as everyone who's ever used Windows knows, you write perfect code. Or you pay people to. But, But how could they ever... How could they ever get something like transhumanism past the best and the brightest in the government? How could they ever get it past, say, a Rochelle Walensky? And and who would who would orchestrate something like that? I mean, you've got Fauci, who's disgraced and corrupt. You have Francis Collins, who's disgraced and corrupt. But who would con Donald John Trump into this? Who would con the orange man into making this stuff into a brutal, disgusting, and frightening reality? I'll tell you about that because something else occurred to me as I thought through this in greater detail. Oh man, if we talk about that, it's so cool to have actual, actual responsible science on our program. This has been a big one. This is a huge, huge opportunity for this program and the listener base. Um, Folks who listen to me know that I lost, I've lost a total of 150 pounds. That's a lot of person, by the way. Over about 10 years, I lost 95 pounds of that on a a program that, that I can describe to you, and I will. And I lost that with a protocol. 
And I've been looking across the country for people who do this on a nationwide basis. In the midst of this, a company that was born and bred in in conservative Texas, Dallas to be precise, got in touch with us. It's called Soda, state of the art. Say that with me, state of the art. And so I began to investigate this protocol. And, And just as importantly to the protocol is the outcome. What is the outcome? Listen, let me make something so clear from the last two years. You want to stay out of the way of anything to do with public health or hospitals right now. One of the top ways to do that is to get your body weight under control. I lost 150 pounds. I have kept that off. And soda, state-of-the-art weight loss, which is soda, S-O-T-A, weightloss.com. They specialize in this and they specialize in getting this done at home. So they have a, a, a set of people on the phones nationwide trained nutritionists to work specifically with you so that your weight loss lasts. They work specifically with you on the timing of your weight loss. They sp- work specifically with you on the foods that you approach and use within your weight loss because it all comes down to this end result of being able to keep the weight off and to do that without going someplace to do that at home. And as I looked at this protocol and was talking with my wife about this incredible opportunity to work with this company straight out of Texas, straight out of conservativeville, my wife got interested enough in this that she decided she's going to do this. Now I'm going to go on the maintenance program with them because as you know, I'm leading up to the surgery. So I've got to get my, my, my shoulder operated on, but I'm going to go on this because I want longevity I want to come out of my surgery more healthy. And my wife is going to go on this because like a lot of people, when things got really, really insane, look, she put everybody first but herself. Have you done the same thing? Did you do that during the lockdown? So whether it's five pounds, whether it's 50 pounds or whether it's 150 pounds you have to lose. And, and I'll give you a little secret with men. Most men, it's 80 pounds. Yeah, dudes like us walk in thinking, I got to drop 40. You know what? To be able to live a long life, to get rid of the really dangerous visceral fat, it's often 80 pounds on average with dudes like us. This is a massive opportunity for the show, but more importantly, it's an incredible opportunity for you to do this wherever you're at. Hundreds of website reviews, long lasting success straight out of conservative America. It's soda, weight loss. Say that with me in light of what we're talking about today. How about getting back to state of the art? Numbers that make sense, keeping it off. Body composition. Eating the right way. SOTAweightloss.com. And when you go there, click on the green, right up on the left-hand side, green button that says nationwide, because it is nationwide no matter where you're at. So how did they get this all past the best and the brightest at the CDC? <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm self-amused by the comparison. <laughs> Private company started in Dallas, state-of-the-art having this success versus this thing I'm about to play for you. So how would they get this all passed, the best and the brightest at the CDC? Well, let me give you an example of the best and the brightest at the CDC. As is often the case, this is picked up by Alex Berenson. This is Rochelle Walensky, and she's talking here at a, at a college and she's asked about things on which the CDC could approve. We've improved. Um, well, you know, I think I can tell you where I was when the CNN feed came that it was 95% effective on the vaccine. So many of us wanted to be hopeful. So many of us wanted to say, okay, this is our ticket out, right? Now we're done. Um, so I think we had 
perhaps too little caution and too much optimism um, for some good things that came our way. I, I really do. I, I think all of us wanted this to be done. Nobody said waning when, when you know, oh, this vaccine's going to work. Oh, well, <laughs> maybe it'll work. It'll wear off. Um, nobody said, well, what if the next variant doesn't, it doesn't, it's not as potent against the next variant. Look, there's only two options. She is an absolute airhead. Or to keep herself out of a prison cell, she's pretending to be an absolute airhead. Uh, guys, I'm sorry. Men, women, friends, go back. I don't know if they still... <laughs> I should, man, uh, I'm just thinking I should call KTTH and see if I can get the archives to my radio show. You go back two years ago. Geert van den Borsch and others said these are leaky vaccines. They said this is going to lead to antigen-dependent enhancement. They said this is going to lead to other variants. They said this is going to make people sicker. They said if it has any effect, it can't be lasting. They said that because it was in the design of this trash. So when, when Rochelle Walensky said, pretends that no one said that, everybody said that. I said that. And for people who want to say, and, and people say this to people like me and others, you know what, I'm sorry. I, I, I will take my, uh, my medical advice from epidemiologists rather than podcasters or talk show hosts. Fair enough. How did I know? Because once again, I read the Moderna filings. I read the Pfizer filings. I mean, certainly we would have had conservative media protect us from this, right? I mean, yes, there were people like me who talked about it. Very, very, very few people. Daniel Horowitz talked about it. Steve Dace talked about it. But precious few people in conservative media talked about that. Now, I wonder why that would be. You know, I wonder why Fox News is just now beginning to dig into this. And only some of the hosts, Tucker Carlson on the top of that, Laura Ingram coming close second, but, but I was watching Newsmax TV and I still hear these referred to as vaccines. I still hear suggestions that this was helpful or that it had an opportunity to stop the virus. Well, it turns this, this, this is a fascinating piece. The blaze media, Glenn Beck's organization. Two days ago, they revealed that Glenn's media organization filed the Freedom of Information Act request with the people who run Joe Biden. And here's what Glenn's organization learned. Thank God for Glenn Beck. The federal government paid hundreds of millions of dollars to media companies to advertise the COVID-19 vaccines while the same outlets provided positive coverage of the so-called vaccines. Now, we knew about that. For two years, I've been sharing the fact that in old media like NBC, CNN, etc., nine, eight to nine out of the top spending slots in advertising come from Big Pharma. I've been sharing that. I've been saying, I've been saying they're not allowed. I've been saying this is unnatural. I've been saying it's unnatural that, that they don't want to talk about the massive, massive damage these injections are doing. 
In response to this FOIA request, HHS revealed it purchased advertising from ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, New York Post, Los Angeles Times, Washington Post, BuzzFeed News, Newsmax. I'm aware of talk show hosts on radio who got themselves in trouble for critiquing commercials that came from these agencies. Now, everyone there is going to say, oh, it had nothing to do with our coverage. Newsmax, the CEO of Newsmax, Chris Ruddy, even wrote an op-ed celebrating Biden's vaccine rollout and praised the high poll numbers for Biden. This is on Emeraldo. Well, in fact, there's a link in the podcast notes. It's a Substack blog that's covering this and covering it from, from, from Glenn's piece, Emerald, Emerald Robinson. So we didn't even have protection from the conservative media. But, 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 but who was the main actor in this? Well, you had Fauci. You had Collins. Both of them uniquely interested in transhumanizing people. Both of them uniquely interested in only the mRNA will do. Both of them uniquely interested in forcing us to get this stuff into our bodies. Both of them and all of them uniquely interested, but only in the mRNA. You know, there is a traditional actual vaccine, you know, like made with eggs, that sort of vaccine. You know, that exists. It's so weird. They just can't seem to get that distributed. So who was the point person on this? Do you remember a guy named Alex Azar? I do. Alex Azar just gave a speech at one of the Rockefeller Associations for Healthcare bragging about Operation Warp Speed. You're not going to believe what he's still pretending. It's that just a second. Woo! Trust the, uh, trust the institutions. No, don't. Don't trust the institutions. Understand in what ways the institutions are corrupted and where you have to work with them, go in eyes wide awake. That's what Zach Abraham has done at Bulwark Capital Management just this weekend. I just this weekend got a note from a friend who has reached out to Zach to manage her money. And she just said, and we were just texting about her. She has a technology company. We're talking about her technology company. Some things that she hopes to accomplish. And she said, incidentally, I have a meeting on Monday to a second meeting with Zach to, to manage my money. So a lot of our listeners have turned to Zach Abraham because he's on once a week and Zach recognizes the corruption in the financial world. He's very clear about it. And he also says it's the hand we're dealt. So without violating the word of God, because he won't do that, Zach works within the hand we've been dealt on our behalf to make sure that our portfolios do the best they can with a focus on risk management. So if you've heard Zach once a week, you've heard his consistent message about the money printing. You've heard his consistent message about the 0% interest rates. You've heard his consistent messaging about government agencies being able to simply conjure and invent money. So as he sees it and I see it, those are realities. The difference with Zach is this. He's honest about it. So how do you play around the con and not yourself become the con? Well, you work with a company that is focused on risk management, focused on stewarding money. Yes, growing portfolios, but again, that focus on risk management. That happens, my friend, she doesn't really need to retire. She can, right? But she's very active, very smart, still inventing things, nor does she really need money. 
But you think she wants to lose it all? No. Now, you might not be in that position. You might need the money in retirement. Most people do. I'm gonna. So call Zach and see where you're at with retirement. It might be sooner than you think. He might be able to get you there early, particularly if you've got a a locked-in retirement plan from your job. Here's his number at Bulwark Capital Management. It's 866-779-RISK. That's 866-779-RISK or go to knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice cannot be given without a client services agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor representative of Trek Financial LLC and SEC registered investment advisor. I guess there's another option, actually. You, you could just, you, <laughs> like, sorry, I can't even be my own straight man. You could just trust the institutions. That would, that's, a, that's, that's you could, that's another way to, I can't even. Sorry. Made myself a little sick there. Trust the institutions. Okay. How about trust God? There's so many religious implications to what we're talking about. So many. What does it make you? What, what, what does it make you when you're Bill Gates and Jeff Epstein looking at God's design for human beings and saying, my code is better? Who does that make you? In whose service are you? God says, let us make man in our image. And Bill Gates comes along and says, yeah, but I think six fingers are better. And Jeff Epstein comes along and says, I don't know, God, I think the sex drive's not big enough in seven-year-olds. What does that make them? And incidentally, at the top of the show, I mentioned that the original topic for this, original um, uh, title for this podcast was God Help Me Not Hate Them. Well, that still applies. Alex Azar gave himself a speech. And I was reading this bio, Alex Azar's bio. I thought, who is this guy that got to run Project Warp Speed? And there's a little line in his bio. This just stood out to me. Yeah, he's a businessman. I mean, okay, but they're all businessmen. He's a businessman. He's been worked in government a couple of times. So, talks like a lawyer. And then I saw this line. That he worked in a certain industry. It's a pharmaceutical executive. Alex Azar. Huh. That's interesting. A pharmaceutical executive running Project Warp Speed. Which is turning out to be possibly a transhumanist thing. Huh. Why would pharma want to make people transhuman. Well, you want to own the updates, right? If, if your body is subject to updates and if you don't get the updates, the body doesn't work? Well, that seems like a sweet business model to me. I mean, you want the update, right? Alex Azar, speaking to a group of college students, is still pretending the injections work. Um, We're going to do a little journey back in time uh, today, which is trying to remember just how bad things were January, February, March, April of 2020. It's easy now 
in retrospect, with so many of us vaccinated, I'm hoping everybody in the room is vaccinated and boosted. It's easy in retrospect when things work, when there is a success, it's easy to look backwards and say that must that, that was inevitable, that had to happen. Um, what I'm going to talk about tonight is how that wasn't inevitable and how through a series of choices and frankly, everything lining up and getting you know, lucky and uh, and things working, but setting the preconditions for luck. OK, so it was bound to happen. Setting the preconditions for luck, and I didn't let him finish there. Alex Azar is still pretending things are sunny. Alex Azar is ignoring the VARS database. He's ignoring the 24,000 deaths reported. And the government's going to continue to pretend, oh, no, nothing to do with the injections. He's ignoring the website, Real Not Rare, which continues to catalog the catastrophic occurrences in people's bodies. He's ignoring the 500 reports for adolescents, including deaths and permanent disablement. He's ignoring the deaths of elite athletes. He's ignoring the antigen-dependent enhancement signs. He's ignoring the study that shows that the, the mRNA from Pfizer reverse transcribed itself into our cells, which is the deepest topic of the show today. He's ignoring all of that. And he knows that this organization, he's not going to get questions like that. He's still bragging about speed. Typically, a vaccine takes 10 to 15 years from the time you have a novel virus to Which when this you wasn't. might have a product that you actually have FDA authorized or approved and be able to put in people's arms. 10 to 15 years is the normal timeline. And that, that's, that's whether it's measles or shingles, just go through all the list of other. We, flu vaccine is unusual in that we tinker with it a little bit each year. That's what, so it, it seems as if don't be deceived by flu vaccine because we make a slight modification for the strain. We're listening to a pharmaceutical executive still pretending this stuff worked, still bragging about the fact that they stepped, skipped step after step after step. Tens, hundreds of billions of dollars of stolen money, transferred wealth, destroyed children's lives, record suicides, quite possibly destroyed immune systems. And it seems the reverse transcription of Bill Gates style code into the bodies of people who took the Pfizer trash. And he's still pretending this. But how did this happen? Rochelle Walensky, how the, is, who's either an airhead or pretending to be one. Tony Fauci, who's deeply, deeply corrupt. Francis Collins, an evangelical Christian and a big fan of abortion at any time. And of sneaking code into the bodies of human beings. And to pretending this stuff ever had an opportunity to work. And people want to talk to me about Russia and Ukraine. Yes, I'm capable of worrying about two things at once. Yes, it saddens me to no ends to watch buildings bombed and people destroyed. And this stuff will destroy for years to come. So he's still bragging about the speed. This is Azar talking about antibodies. And for people who haven't spent the past two years studying this stuff, it almost makes sense what Alex Azar, the architect of rushing you into what appears to be transhumanism in the infant stages of it, talks this way about antibodies. Whereas with COVID, the body can heal itself. People have recovered from COVID. That tells us something that's really important. Okay, let's stop there. It does tell us something. We never needed to rush this stuff. 
It tells us something. The focus should have been on early treatment. It tells us something. Fauci lied when he said there was no antibodies, that the body, that there was no way for the immune system to handle this. That's why they tried to erase the existence of the immune system. That's why they tried to pretend herd immunity can only happen with Alex Azar's pharmaceutical industry. Whereas with COVID, the body can heal itself. People have recovered from COVID. That tells us something that's really important in the context of vaccines. It means the body can produce antibodies that are effective against COVID. That's a really important aspect of this that says that gets you a long way there. Because then what it says is like smallpox, if we can just trick your body into thinking you've gotten COVID but not get COVID, we can have you provoke these antibodies to protect you. So is that what they did? Is that what they did? Alex Azar says if we can just trick your body into thinking it got COVID. Is that what it did? We'll talk about that. That's what he says. Mr. Project Warp Speed. Oh, incidentally, I, I found a whole bunch of interactions between Alex Azar and Bill Gates. I wonder if he ever met Jeff Epstein. I wonder if he ever met him. All right, I know, I know, I know that this is, um, <laughs> I think these are scary topics. I think that these, I think these are scary topics because when we're talking about you having been injected with code against your knowledge and against your will, I would be afraid if I were you. I want to remind you that that to live in fear is to live without the Holy Spirit. God tells us 365 times in the Bible, let's don't be afraid, but it tells us something else. I want to ask you a question honest question. Do other people cover this this way? Because I don't have time to listen to all the podcasts I'd like. If this is unique, if this is something you think people need to hear and understand from this perspective, then just simply take the podcast app on which you're listening, find the share button and send it to friends. Just this weekend, my wife had, uh, had lunch with a new friend who's moved to free America. And her friend said, oh my gosh, my mom just sent me your, your, your husband's podcast that just happened this weekend. So things like that spread the show. So I would just love it. Well, obviously I would love it. I would so appreciate you helping us that way. So that's what, that's what um, our good friend Alex Azar here is talking about fooling your body into believing it had COVID. Is that what these injections do? No, that's not what they do. Not at all. What they do is it uses gene sequencing to hijack your body. It causes your body to gather the material to create a fake spike protein. A couple things about that spike protein. Number one, it's a cytotoxin. That means it's toxic to your cells. In all likelihood, everybody gets blood clots from it, but they heal very quickly. In most people, it fools your body into producing 42 trillion of these up to 42 trillion and they don't go away and they do cross into your brain and they're not the virus. The spike protein is not fooling your body into thinking it had COVID. It's fooling your body. Well, it's causing your body to produce the spike proteins. So your body has to fight itself 
And then when you eventually get COVID, it doesn't recognize the rest of the virus, but the virus recognizes it. The virus has learned. The humans injected themselves with this clown show. Just change the spike protein. That's why people who've been injected are more likely to get sick from Omicron. And Walensky said, no one said this would wane. Guys, there's a reason I've been saying forever. None of this was about health care. None of this was about curing anybody. None of this was about preventing infection. Where there's a double standard, there's a hidden agenda. This was the double standard of all time. Force people to go home and get sicker. Force people onto ventilators when they ought not be. Force in a drug that doesn't work, remdesivir. Don't even tell people to go out and get vitamin D. Don't even tell people to take zinc and vitamin C. Don't even tell people to do things that are commonly done to keep the immune system up. Don't even offer that. The double standard of all double standards, thus a hidden agenda of all hidden agendas. Is that hidden agenda transhumanism? I don't know. I know that's one of the outcomes. It's very, very likely in a small way. Alex Azar went from talking about antibodies to talking about antigens. What does a vaccine do? A vaccine tricks your body into thinking it's had COVID, produces those antibodies, and the B cell and T cells get memory and say, hey, when we see this again, it's not going to take us so long. When we see this again, instead of going like this, the body getting sicker and sicker and sicker during that progression, our antibody production is going to go like this. The minute we see COVID, we're going to produce an antibody response to it. We're going to stop or kill off that antigen before it can replicate a lot. So that's, that's basically how vaccines work. No. That's how actual vaccines are said to work. The trash you forced on the public and you're still bragging about didn't have that capability. Because it wasn't the virus. He's still saying these things. Later this week, we're going to dig into more of this. I'm not giving up. I want to talk quickly about the questions that Bill Gates has to answer, but let me just close with this bit of Alex Azar. Talking about a company called Moderna. Within days, three days of getting the genetic sequence, the researchers at the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease, Tony Fauci's group at NIH, had actually developed a vaccine candidate. They had been working with a company called Moderna on MERS vaccines before. And so they had a partnership already, a construct in place. They sent it over to Moderna. And eight weeks later, March 16th, the fastest in human history, the Moderna vaccine goes into that phase one clinical trials of humans, the first initial batch into It did, didn't it? That fast. How'd that happen? If you read the book, The COVID Predators, we had Dr. Peter Bregan on last week. He's coming on again. COVID-19 and the Global Predators, we are their prey. If you read Dr. Bregan's book, you'll find out with footnoted evidence that oddly enough, many of the patents necessary for all this miraculous stuff 
predated COVID. In fact, you'll find out from Dr. Bregan that in 2015, in fact, he shared with this on our program, in 2015, there was a test in mice and rats where they created a SARS virus that acted almost exactly like the thing we're calling SARS-CoV-2. You'll learn about patent trading portfolio or patent portfolio trades between universities and private organizations and government. You'll learn that they had the base approach to this written when all of a sudden the news leaked from China that a novel virus for which there was no immunity escaped from a wet market. I hate what they have done. I hate what they intend to do. Bill Gates wants to force, but wants to put stuff into your body against your will. That's called rape. You can call it a vaccine. I call it rape. He wants to impregnate you with his code. Jeffrey Epstein wanted to impregnate massive numbers of young women with his code, his sperm, his DNA. A brotherhood of transhumanists who intend to modify God's prime creation for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. He made us in his image. Incidentally, that's what drove an angel said at one time to have been the most beautiful, beautiful angel of all to rebel against God and to take with him a bunch of angels who told to follow, or chose to follow him. Couldn't stand that God loved us, created in his image. Now Gates wants to change that image against your will. There would be a lot of ways to lose this battle. One would be to let Bill Gates get away with this. One would be to not ask him. What were your business dealings with Jeff Epstein? Did you work together on any transhumanist designs? Did Jeff Epstein fund any transhumanism? Were you involved in any way in impregnating girls with Jeff Epstein's DNA? Disclose to us, Bill, any and all communications between you and Jeff Epstein. This shouldn't be private. Why should they be private? You're basically a government. You run the World Health Organization. You bought the CDC. You bought the FDA. You're basically a government. Disclose it. This is the hardest part. The other way to lose this would be to hate them. Because, man, Satan is clever. If we hate them, we violate the word of the Lord Jesus. He's a clever guy, a clever entity, Satan. He can't create anything. He can't invent anything. He can simply twist. So the original title for the program was God help us not hate them. Well, 
It's the closing thought. God help us not hate them. Matthew 5, verses 43 through 48. You've heard it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even the pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly father is perfect. That's a tall order. But we have this. We also pray for their repentance, which would mean that Bill Gates takes the knee to God Almighty. It would mean that Melinda Gates, having seen what she called the personification of evil, would begin to examine that if evil exists, good must. And maybe that foundation you run, Melinda, maybe that's hiding evil within good intent. And maybe it's time for you to take the knee. In fact, it is. I do believe there was a brotherhood between Bill Gates and Jeff Epstein. I believe that brotherhood was born of vanity and arrogance. The vanity of Jeff Epstein expressed to his sperm. The vanity of Bill Gates expressed through a desire to medically rape you, to insert his code into your body. We can talk about Russia and Ukraine, and we will. We can talk about elections, and we will. But in my judgment, this is the beginning of the biggest, most important global battle we will ever face. This is the Todd Herman Show. We so appreciate you. Now, please go be well, be strong, be kind, and be right with God.